You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. In this episode, we speak to Brian Lyons, and he shares with us how he went from rehab to being an awesome running coach. Enjoy. So I am very excited to be able to speak to Brian Lyons from up the coast here in Tassie. I may or may not have met Brian because Tasmania is quite small and the running community in Tasmania is also, (laughs) you would think we would have come across each other and perhaps we have in person, but we certainly know each other um, online and through our various endeavours with running. Um, I always wanted to say big thank you, Brian, for agreeing to talk with us today. No worries, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your show and well done with the podcast so far. Fantastic. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Can we start with, where did you grow up? Tell us a bit about you many years ago. Um, So I'm a Northwest uh, Coast person, as you mentioned previously, just uh, when you did the introduction. And I grew up in Devonport. But no, no, I should say I was born in Devonport. Um, but uh, my first few years of my life, probably from uh, zero to about five, I was on the west coast of Tasmania. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my dad was a teacher, so we travelled with his work a lot. Um, and then I moved back to Devonport, and that's where I basically spent my primary school, high school, and college. Wow, in all in Devonport mostly. Huh. Well, I grew up on King Island, so I feel a bit like a Northwest Coaster as well. So. Oh, beautiful. I've <laughs> never been, but I would love to go. We've been to the West Coast. It's a bit like that, <laughs> but smaller. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. It's <laughs> okay. Quiet's good. Quiet and, and beautiful and unique and uh, all that stuff's great. It is. It's, it's a lovely spot. Um, so you at school, were you into sports and stuff like that? Did you do much running or other sports? Yeah, so oh, my my background was like most kids. My introduction to running was through primary school cross country, mm-hmm. um, and I sort of did that with basketball as well. Um, I wasn't in any clubs or anything like that, but I probably had natural endurance. Um, grade three, I won my first cross country, awesome. and got a love for it then and then. But my older sibling used to do a lot of running so we'd go along and watch him run so i had an idea that i loved it um wanted to do it my parents were pretty smart in the sense they'd never let me do the long events yeah um but there wasn't many kids events in fun runs about um back then like i suppose we're talking uh, 80s early 90s um yeah. well, well, i don't remember entering any um yeah, and that just sort of developed from there. So I was doing basketball, doing a bit of running, doing a bit of volleyball. Um, but yeah, I, I, like most kids, cross country was my first introduction to it. And you did a bit of it in um, high school as well. So once you went through primary school, did you do some of the, well, cross country obviously happens in high school? Yeah, yeah. So same thing. Um, I, I, like I, I, I was like I wouldn't say natural because I worked hard like I still did a little bit of training um like I made it into high teams I won grade seven eight nine and ten but it was probably grade nine or ten that I started to get a coach and get a little bit serious about the running and said yeah this is this is what I want to do um so yeah sourced out a coach and my parents had known that coach for a number of years for teaching so there was always that prior relationship as well so you you got a coach. I don't know. I'm thinking it's probably one or two other people. So you're about episode number 31 or something. So it maybe had yeah. one or two other people say that they had a coach for running in uh, in school. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So you got to the end of school. What did you do then? Yeah, okay. So oh, we were out of high school and then went to college. I was one of those kids that floated about 
Yep. Never knew what I really wanted to do. Um, you know, I, left, don't know. I think I did year 13 because I didn't know what I wanted to do in year 12. So it gave me another year to think about what I wanted to do. Perfect. Um, so I did that. And I think my first job out of school, um, I was always doing busking and street performance. So I do like circus arts, um, juggle chainsaws, seven foot unicycles, juggle fire. What? Um, I was, <laughs> Yeah, I was doing that all through high school anyway. Um, and I did that, yeah, uh, along with probably my first job, which is a restaurant job, I think maybe. Um, but it was the juggling and the street performing that was a real passion. And that's what I followed. Um, yeah, just what my parents were pretty, pretty cool. As in, like, they'd always support our passions and said, you know, if this is what you want to do, we'll support you as long as you're earning wow. some sort of money. <laughs> You had the best um, yeah, parents. The yeah, yeah, and the busking and the gigs and the odd restaurant work. Yeah, I mean, I paid the bills there for a while, um, but I was definitely a floater. Yeah. So when you, I imagine, because uh, one of the things with our family, we love buskers, like we've over the years, the kids yeah. um, and my husband and I, we spend a lot of time seeking them out whenever we go to different places where they'll, they'll be. Um, and we right. spend a lot of time watching them, but they seem very fit. Oh, like... Especially you know, <laughs> the things like juggling um, and all that other stuff that they do. So, did you use running as a way to stay fit for some of that, like as a part of it, or was it more focusing on the, the technique? Yeah, it was just hand in hand, but definitely doing a straight show. Like they go for 30, 40 minutes mm. and probably think, I think most people watch it and think, oh, yeah, it's pretty easy. But like, as you said, like, I think you've nailed it. It's very physical. You're moving the whole time, you're using your voice, trying to get people in to watch you. You're talking the whole time. It's 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 hard work and you do have to fit. And at the end of it, you're actually in a bit of a sweat. Like you're on top of this big, tall bike, and trying to do, you know, learn your lines or whatever and still trying to get people engaged at the same time. There's so um, much going on. But, yeah, like, yeah, like the running was just a side. I guess I had those two passions. And I pursued them right up until this day. Like I haven't probably stopped juggling maybe five years ago um, just because the love went out of it and I didn't want to perform on the street anymore because it's hard work. <laughs> so did you do a lot of that? Like, so you basically were a, uh, a busker, yeah? That's like yeah, a yeah, performer. So I had yeah. yeah, I had the stage name called Mr Inferno. Um, any listeners out there, you want to Google familiar. or YouTube that? Yeah, um, I probably have seen you doing those things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've done most fairs and Salamanca market and busked overseas before in Victoria, That's Sydney, um, Melbourne, and yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was great. Uh, I, I just about done most festivals, I reckon. Um, but it's a one of those. I don't know. It's like a life experience. Something that uh, it's. Yeah, it's been it's been good. Like I was a pretty shy, anxious, really sort of kid. Still am today, but it got me out of my shell. I, I had this different persona when I performed. Yeah, I guess it's um they talk about that, don't they? Um, like actors and people like that. That often what you see um the what they they um, face the camera or the the people the audience is different necessarily from like they put a mask on and it's how they're able to do it. It's like by that dis disconnecting in some ways, I suppose, between who they Absolutely. are off stage or when they're yeah. not acting. Mm. And that's, that's how I felt. It was, it was my, and it was the excuse to be a clown and a dickhead and you can get away with it. Well, my things anyway. So, and they paid yeah, you for it. So it's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you said you stopped juggling about five years ago or you stopped the performance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it was just, uh, I just, you know those things where you just know it's time to move on? Mm-hmm. I think it was just a gradual, like a gradual different, my life is going in a different direction. I want to do different things. Yeah. And, I mean, it's been a great, it's a great, I don't know, skill or party trick to have, per se. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it's it's tough work too. It's not easy. It's not all, no. yeah. But, and it <laughs> but, sounds like if you stopped about five years ago, that was probably good when it comes to COVID. Because the, I would uh, think yeah. oh, there'd be a lot yeah. less gigs now. Yeah, and that's such a brilliant thing to bring up. I was uh, just chatting to a busking friend the other day and I was thinking, I don't think he does it anymore. And we were thinking it's like cardless society too. Mm. Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cardless. like it's a cashless, cashless society. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I knew what like, you meant. How many people carry cash now? The, the art will die if we're not careful or so you can't be, exactly, I don't know, get a pay swipe or something. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. So I'm sure some sc- buses are doing that now. Like a little square you know, square thing, but you would need another person yeah. to handle the money. Like it's be a money. It's not that throwing the money yeah. in the hat or the box or the whatever it is. No. It would be a more challenging um, process. Yeah. You need technology and then that also will take um, a cut. Like yeah, well. yeah, and absolutely. It's, Someone else is getting your money, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, a, we have yeah, square at the running club and, and we have, you know, the, the prices. So you can just imagine it, you know, you might have here donate to um, $2, yeah. $5, $10. 50 <laughs> bucks. And, I, and occasionally you would get $50, you know, you, you get the odd person that would throw that money yeah. in. But yeah, it's a different world. And I'll tell you what, it's, and I hope that we never lose this art because yeah. it's amazing. Street performing's on biased again, but it's, of course. it's an amazing art and, and I, you know, and I just wish that my kids will see it eventually. So, yeah. So you have kids? No. <laughs> there you go. Uh, if, yeah. But if I ever had any kids, I would hope that they would see it. If That's, you have any yeah. children, then you would hope that they would see it. I was thinking, wow, yeah. having a juggler as a dad would be really cool. <laughs> in your event. My partner's got kids and they love it. So well, There you go. Yeah. So you, you've got an already yeah. pre-made audience <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they seem to get Mr. Inferno to juggle a bit. <laughs> That's very cool. Do you know, um, this is probably not something I've ever told anyone, which is kind of funny. Um, it's, a, it's a thing in my family. You know, families have stories. Um, my mum was a single mum and she left a friend of hers to babysit us once when she went out on a date. So there was four of us children and he was a juggler and he taught us oh, wow. how to, to juggle, but with like, um, our forks and food and like we just made a mess <laughs> it was just, so it's kind of a, a running story in the house that this mess was made because she left us with this friend of hers who was good at that, that <laughs> stuff not necessarily with kids but <laughs> <laughs> no I love it I, I think it's great <laughs> yeah. anyway, we no, it's a good it's a good skill to have it's a it's a fantastic skill to have <laughs> So, okay, you, you don't juggle um, anymore as a profession or you're, you're not um, busking as a profession no, anymore? No. So no, you... it's, um, yeah, yeah, like I said, I came out of retirement just for my girlfriend's partner's 40th or something, and then I haven't juggled again for another year. So it's been once in about three years or something. Get, like if someone comes up to me and goes, oh. I've got something, I'll think about it and then come back to them. So, and if yeah. someone throws something to you, you're pretty good at catching it. Oh, sometimes, sometimes. Oh, what? <laughs> I thought you'd be a short thing. Um, all right, so you stopped the um, busking and what did what replaced the busking in your life? Yeah, okay. Uh, so I, I, well, I went back to TAFE and started to be an age carer. So oh, yeah. did that uh, for like off and on so that was happening as well when the juggling was happening as well so there's a lot of mixes going on yeah. um so i did that for about 10 years um not sure if you're familiar with aged care um oh a little bit main... like i've had a grandmother in aged yeah. care for example and things like that um, and some friends yeah. who've worked in aged care mm-hmm. and i love the work i love the people with the job but the job is just so hard for, for what it is, a lack of staff, and you always yeah. feel like you're under the pump. And not that I'm afraid of hard work, I'm not, but in that profession, it was hard work and it was stressful yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I once again, life experience has taught me lots of stuff. And um, yeah, there's nothing like when you're um, in the middle of an aged care ward and it's a bit crazy <laughs> and there's things going on. So yeah, it's a um, so that, that sort of, yeah, yeah, that, that's something that I did for, for probably 10 years. And um, once again, life led me in another direction. I tried something else. But What else did you try? Oh, geez, after that, um, <laughs> worked in a mushroom farm maybe for a short bit. Cool. Uh, yeah, what else mushrooms. have I done? Yeah, yeah, same. I really do. No, I love mushrooms. <laughs> They're one of my They're favorite amazing. Like, Yeah, like, like, like we'd go to work and... Yeah, you'd think you'd be able to pick away a certain amount of mushrooms and they grow really quickly. So like 
there'd be another shed ready. So you'd never know when you'd leave. You'd think, oh, I'm here for six hours. Ten hours later, you're still at bloody work. So, Holy moly. Yeah. No, they're definitely amazing. Um, but, yeah, between that and then I did full-time study there for a while. So um, I know that you mentioned mental health and those sort of things and um, and I think drug and alcohol goes hand in hand in that. So not if, not sure for me, but I had my own issues with drug and alcohol over the years. Um, and so, yeah, I actually had a stint in rehab for a short bit. Yeah. And well, my first stint anyway. And then I, my, the guy who was in charge of the facility there said, oh, look, I think you should go into um, community services. I think you'd be perfect. And so I did Cert 3, then Cert 4, and then did my diploma yeah and yeah that's my direction there so that that took up my time for a fair bit and um as I said I was juggling that and doing a bit of juggling and um for a bit of pocket money as well on the side but yeah that's what I did for a while and um yeah I mean then until I took up the coaching and that's where I'm at at the moment pretty well if you look at work-wise tell us where you're at now what are you doing yeah okay uh, so as mentioned, I entered rehab for the second time. I was pretty lost. I was pretty broken. Yeah. Um, my mental health and, and that sort of thing wasn't great. Uh, yeah. My drinking got out of hand. So, you know, usually you end up in those places when something's wrong. Yeah, um, totally. I had been doing the coaching off and on. Um, it was more pocket money. It was like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. That's great. Um, it, you know, someone came up to me. I had this business called Everyday Lions. Um, but I'd never really put myself a hundred percent into it. Yeah. Um, mainly because I knew I couldn't trust myself because I had to be, I had to be, people had to be accountable to me and rely on me and being able to communicate to me. And, and when you drink or any of those things, when your mental health isn't on point, it can be hard to be able to do those things properly. So you, you, it was the the turning up, you were worried you wouldn't be able to turn up all the time for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm? yeah yeah 100 percent um and then i'm not sure if you know anything about rehab or anything like that but you go there and they the first thing they'll do is go what are your values what are your most important things you know yeah. what are the things that are most important to you and you'll say stuff like well i did um like being reliable honest yeah. um like I, I had patience as one because i think patience is important in life mm-hmm. um and i you know i value that and i think people should value that because you just can't have something straight away and family club obviously another one so all those things and then you decide what you want to do when you leave here and i think yeah. that's the that's the most important thing had all this skill set knew i probably could use it somewhere um you know the coaching has that caring role when they're aged care that i really loved and i did love looking after people mm-hmm. and i thought well i'm gonna have a crack at this and left rehab um yeah said look i'm going to start group training up let's just see what happens um do a bit of individual coaching and sort of went from there and um luckily lots of people supported me i've had so much positive feedback and it's great and um i can see doing this for the next 20 years at least (laughs) i think it doesn't feel like work which is awesome that is amazing. So your description of rehab sounds a little bit like personal development stuff that I've been through because <laughs> like all the time and like, especially in business, yeah. it's always like, what are your values and what are you doing? And trying to get all of those yeah. so that they're always present in your mind so that that helps you on the days when it's not so easy to do the things you don't want to do, I guess. It's, and it help you head in the direction and work out what that direction is that you want, at least for the time being, knowing that it could change any time in the future. And that's perfectly okay as well, that things Absolutely. change. Mm. That's really that's cool. So true. Now, yeah. Yeah. the coaching you're talking about, tell us a little bit more about that. I'm interested um, in that. Yeah, okay. So, uh, uh, I mean, if you look at the Everyday Lines model, we have eight week, 12 weeks, 16 week, mm-hmm. and yearly online program so anyone who wants to run any event from 5k up to an ultra crazy people you are um (laughs) and then um we have online training so i got adults um juniors which is 13 to 17 and then cubs training which is my favorite at the moment we've got a really good bunch of kids they're awesome 
Um, they're the future, aren't they? So they if you got to teach them, um, yeah, that's that's about me. And so you, you and do that online, like that's a you do that as an uh, online. Oh, so no, nah, so groups are physical training. Okay. So um, I don't know why yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. No, that's all right. Yes. Um, so just face-to-face and groups are in Devonport, Alberston, Bur- uh, not Devonport, Alberston and Hobart and okay. wow. hopefully in Bernie soon. Uh, yeah. So it's it's exciting. And so does that know, mean you, I, you drive down to Hobart? So like on No, the- so, so we, I'm not sure if you know Miriam Dow at all. I know uh, the name. I don't know. Yeah, so Miriam was doing the coaching, but she's left because uh, she had a work in it. She had a promotion in work, so I'm on the look for a new coach. But we've still got runners down there. Um, This is the call out for anybody in Hobart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So if you live in Hobart, you're looking for a coaching job. Contact Everyday Lines. Um, Awesome. But yeah, and I mean the plan is. I mean you don't know. Um, I'm just having fun with it. It doesn't feel like work, and it'd be great to just grow it. You know, elsewhere. Um, but I don't want to get too big ever. You want to get in control and, mm. and be be happy where you're at and then expand again type thing. But So going backwards for a little bit um, and talking about just your running. Um, yeah. Did running stay with you through all that time? So you've, you've had all these different Absolutely. careers, um, you know, with the, the juggling, you know, you've had the un- unfortunately had to go to, you know, rehab in order to get some mental health stuff sorted out. Um, was running something that stuck with you that whole time? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's always been that. I reckon that stabiliser. I think if I didn't have the running, my my mental health and just life in general would have been a lot worse. It's always been that one thing that I would come back to and have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because my addiction was I'd have spots where I would be fine and yeah. then I would just burying myself on a be that's when yeah. I just it'd be an absolute menace to society I, I'd call myself <laughs> and that's because I didn't know how to stop and that's when I did need some help um yeah 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 she's with my sound then 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 here though just yourself in society to stop that's what I heard I just gotta fix my camera that's all right you can edit all this can't you so yeah, I can get my clever son to do some clever stuff because he's clever. At least he tells me yes. Let me get the camera back. No, it's, oh, it's handy to have someone do that. I do my own at Sophie Lee. <laughs> I used to. I used to do my own. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't now. Anyway. No. Um, oh, it's good. So the, that being able to use running as a, as you said, as a stabiliser, I really liked that. Um that word in that context because I mean you're talking about extremes but I feel like you know with this COVID thing we've mentioned COVID already once there are people going through so much extreme emotion emotional stuff even if they're not the ones in lockdown like I think the whole whole world is being affected with and their anxiety levels are going up and things like that and I truly believe if they went for a run it would help stabilize those emotions and bring them back to a level that was useful for them rather than, you know, all over the place. So 100%. it's in- interesting to hear yeah. how, how it worked for you. Um, yeah, I just think it was, I don't know, we talk about or people listening to this podcast may have heard that, it, you know, every time you go for a run, it, it, it sort of, what is it, endorphins get released. Yeah. I think it's that high, isn't it? You get that. And it's, you do. And it's addictive too. And, I don't know, maybe, well, not maybe, I know, I know I've got addictive personality. Um, <laughs> so it's it's something that uh, I think I enjoyed it anyway. And then I was chasing that high any, yeah. anyway. Um, but going back to the drinking, I think the, the drinking itself too was that, you know, chase that high and then mm-hmm. I would have a high running. So I'd drink because I wanted to continue that high. And a high will never last in running. You'll have to come back down. Yeah. eventually you'll have it you know a couple of hours um but sometimes you want it to consume a little bit more <laughs> yeah um yeah I think the two I don't know if that makes sense to you the two went hand in hand together yeah that's interesting um because f- for me um personally I fire like I've had many years of training for marathons through winter and so I would be I actually 
chose not to drink very much because as it is, I, I drink currently like one glass of red wine a week. I'm not very, <laughs> not, I wasn't <laughs> like that in my, you know, in my youth, but uh, there was something about the training for marathons and it kind of just, I went, well, I want this to be good. And I think actually, to be honest, I can remember very clearly in my twenties doing a 5k race with the running club with a hangover. And that was the last time. <laughs> I did yeah, that. yeah, It wasn't very nice. I just remember oh, oh, that, oh. that's not nice. <laughs> they just, the really dry mouth. And I just, and I was like, this isn't fun. Um, so although I think I also have an addictive personality, um, it just didn't, doesn't show up with, with drinking, but shows up in other things in my life probably. So, uh, which is maybe some yeah. runners have addictive personalities, which is an interesting thing as well. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think most people are, aren't they? They're, they're addicted to, to something, um, necessarily yeah. not, not, not good or bad things. I think coffee mm. or mm -hmm. exercise, running, gym. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's sitting on the couch and watching the telly, as well. Like, yeah, and yeah, Facebook, even social media. Getting yeah. um, one of the things we I like in stuff that I've done in the past. It's um, people getting. They, they just want to be comfortable. They're not. They're not very good at getting uncomfortable, and they're almost addicted to mm. being comfortable. If that makes sense. Whereas people oh, yeah, yeah. who yeah. take on things like running they get used to being uncomfortable and in fact it's something that they enjoy in the end and probably actually you know you were describing your busking and how even though as a shy person yeah that would every time you would have performed it would be stepping into an uncomfortable space initially and that's yeah and I keep on going back to the drinking but I think that's where the drinking developed too because it, it eased my anxieties suddenly I could talk to girls or be confident or yeah. be not that person who is yeah. a little bit reserved in the corner the drinking helped with that and I've liked it and I love yeah. getting drunk I love that feeling of <laughs> um but the, it's the the next day that like you mentioned that shit that's that's horrible yeah not nice um how do you deal with that now are you drinking now do you drink now instead of no nice and you're two years two years sober in well the middle of thank you yeah in the middle of october yeah um my life wouldn't be the way it is today yeah if i was drinking i wouldn't have been able to do what i've done and yeah plain and simple I so, person who shouldn't drink shouldn't so have one drink because I have because it's <laughs> yeah um how do you what's replaced I don't want to say what's replaced it because I'm sure that's but yeah. obviously you've put things in place in your life to make yeah. that something you choose every day to not have a drink so you've put stuff in place does that include yeah. the running um, I suppose does it support that now rather than than the other yeah way um it's funny because I I went into rehab learning the first time that running wasn't the answer to get sober. Mm -hmm. It was a big part of it. It was part of my mental health and it was something I needed to do to get that endorphin, get that in rush, mm -hmm. but yeah. I needed to sort out my anxiety side of things. So for yeah. me, I loved how you mentioned mindfulness. I do mm -hmm. that every day. Um, so meditation, Brilliant. do it for 20, 30, 40 minutes a day. Um, I don't know. You've probably talked about it on this podcast and, Anyone who's not familiar with it, you just concentrate on the breath between your nostrils and your upper lip. And yeah, I haven't actually go, been you, into the description of it at <laughs> all. So go ahead, <laughs> go and share. Yeah, share. yeah, yeah, yep. So, so that's it basically. And you just concentrate on that and you try not to, it's normal to go away from that. It's normal to daydream. It's normal to think about what's going on in your life. Yeah. But the main thing is if you bring it back to that each time, yeah. the effects have been proven like, it'll oh, it's endless like it'll it'll affects it'll uh reduce cravings with addictions and it'll make you calmer um it helps depression helps anxiety just helps you be a more level person um i haven't done it the last week and i've noticed that i don't have a temper but i can i can go off i can like i can snap quite easily and i've been snapping so yeah it can probably even help that um but <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing, and I would just recommend anyone listening today to to give it a crack. And you feel like a dickhead when you do it, and you probably think this is a bit weird. But then when you start to do it, you get in your own little peace of mind. You feel like a little monk, and you go ahead and you do it. <laughs> and it's um, I was listening to something today, and it's kind of it's on topic, off topic. 
And that was about some yeah. monks who are marathon monks and they do something like at least a marathon every day for a thousand days in a row. Oh, um, oh. And they do all the uh, meditation and mindfulness and stuff as well. And then I think at the end of it, they have like, a, I can't remember what it was. They do some fasting for like 90 hour fast or something. Some silly. Oh. I'm like, whoa, I want to do that. Yeah. And it is, it's just training your, it's just training your brain. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I haven't read a lot about it, but I've read just what, what we've been taught just at rehab and um, like it actually grows like grey matter in the front of your frontal cortex or something. I don't know. I'm not a, that's I correct. Something like that. That's neuroscience. And yes, that's correct. Yeah. Which is amazing. So It is amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so amazing. Just, so the, the cool things is that the mindfulness and meditation do all that. Running has also been proved to do all that as well that growing your brain, yeah, right. physically growing your brain, like you physically grow new yeah. neural pathways, you actually get smarter when you're running. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, how cool is that? That's good. That's, That's nice. Right. I'll probably be doing it without and realise I'm doing it. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Which is a great place to be, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And both, well, 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 both of us know just how, how much better you feel when, when you're running, you know, your sleep and your appetite and, just feeling good about yourself. It's that general, um, I don't know, oh, what am I trying to say? It's like like a feel good, like it's a self-worth. That's what I'm, yeah, yeah I just think, you know, you, you get physical changes as well and it's just nice, you know. It's it's a good it's a good sport. <laughs> and it's simple. It's one of those things that's quite a yeah. simple process. It's just one step in front of the other and something where most of us are built to do. Absolutely, like we can yeah. all run pretty much all of us yeah. <laughs> i always get people who tell me they can't <laughs> um i haven't read it i've been mean to read it born to run apparently yeah. that's quite a good book it is um, a good that book. talks about that isn't it that's yeah. that you know we're born to do that so mm-hmm. um, that's a great book actually. yeah so Which when is... when you're running brian what kind of things are you thinking about like you don't have to give great big detail. No, what oh, kind of things? Wow. Do you think about? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it goes through a lot of things. Um, well, well, lately it's just been how I can grow this business. To be yeah. honest, that yep. yeah, that takes up a full like a fair bit of my time. Um, think about my girlfriend. Think about her kids. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, parents. Um, yeah. life. Just what I'm going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gee, this is hurting today. Um, so when it, interestingly, yeah. when you feel that it's going to hurt, it's hurting today. Do you? Is that's not a thing that that stops you or slows you down, though, is it? Like you turn that somehow into a positive, or do you? How do you play with that in your mind? Like, because some of us, I mean, we, and we probably have all had this where we go, "This hill is too hard," and we slow right down. <laughs> you know, um, but other times, the same hill won't stop you and it's almost like it was hardly there you know because something else you've managed to have a different conversation in your head about it yeah absolutely um I I think it's yeah I think when I do feel that that way I'm I'm pretty like I think about what goals I've got Mm -hmm. or what's coming up and uh consequential thinking I guess they call it so I think about what's in the future and then I go oh yeah that's you know Toughen up, harden up. Can't be that. Can't be that long. Um, and sometimes I just walk too if I can't be bothered. Like it's. I mean, I'm at the stage now. Years ago, I wouldn't be hard on myself. Um, you know, if I'm not feeling like running 25k, I'm not. I'm not going to do it anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say there's no point. At least I'm out. I'm moving, as my yeah. girlfriend would say. You're moving, Brian. You're doing something. So. That's important, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's better than nothing, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. Well, it's way more than better. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's the absolutely. way things are supposed to be. Um, yeah. So what? tell me a little bit about your particular running um, schedule. So obviously, do you run when you're training people in the groups as well or do you have a separate training schedule of your own? Uh, so I guess when I was really serious, in, into it I was pretty pretty selfish person <laughs> I would just get it done um so I'd run anywhere from 100 to 200 k's a week yeah. so that was like the addiction side of things I guess um and so 
yeah, I mean, that was double days as well. And that was just something that I do to, because I knew that's what I needed to do to improve my times or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. These days I try and, you know, I'm probably at 40, 50K a week. I'm nursing a bit of knee injury. So yeah. um, occasionally I run with a group. Occasionally I won't. Um, but I try and make the groups about them. Yeah. Um, but if I run, I'll never run ahead. I'll just run with the group. Yeah. If I do run with them. Um, and I just try and fit it in it where I don't have a, a plan for say, like I don't go, okay. oh, do you need to run this? Because I am coaching every day as well, apart from yeah. the weekends. Yeah. So I do try and get out for a peachable CT or a park run occasionally as well. Um, right. Just for that community aspect of things. So when do you run more? I suppose, well, I, I often ask people whether they run by themselves or with groups or a mix. And it sounds like it's a bit of a mix for you, but mainly with the group. Um, or it just depends I, on what's think, going on? I actually like my own time. I, I just put my headphones on and I go for it. For me, it's, I think, like the mindfulness maybe. It's yeah. my time to chill out. Yeah. Um, but I do like running with a group as I've got older as well. Yeah. But when I was younger, maybe, I don't know, it's, it was a different different thing now, more of the social side of things. But it is nice just to go out and go for a run because it's something that you've always done and makes you feel good. And, yeah, it's my chill time, I guess. What's you listening to? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, pretty boring. Mainly top top 50 stuff. Yes. I'm listening to the Beatles at the moment, so I'm going through their array of uh, wonderful collection. There's there's many great songs there. <laughs> good beat music, I reckon, like for yeah. getting your tempo up yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's it's funny going for the decades. So you can chill when they, I don't know, when they're probably taking drugs or something. It's, <laughs> the, the music changes there quite a bit. So, um, But, yeah, I'll, I'll probably listen to Top 50 stuff. Um, anything that takes my ear on the radio station, to be honest, I'll go and download it. I don't necessarily know the names. I'll just yeah. go into Spotify and go Top 50 hits. and Yeah, and just yeah, start listening. Press on shuffle and hopefully something will come up. <laughs> So do you find yourself having to go, uh, no, next <laughs> very often? Yeah, like, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you, but you get into a bit of a mood, like a mood with songs and you go, oh, that's not fair today. Next yeah, I actually tend to listen to, um, I do listen to songs sometimes, but I more listen to podcasts and, <laughs> and audio books. Yeah, cool. It's kind of like my mobile university. But with some of the mindfulness stuff too, I try to run a bit without as well. So I try and mix it up, have a little bit of everything, I suppose. Gonna, yeah, um, yeah, I think I think both things are important, aren't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. My coach used to say it's good to listen to the wildlife, good to listen to the birds. It's good. Take it all in. You it know, is. And you can shit. hear your breath. You can see some of the mindfulness stuff that you're doing when you're meditating can actually do that more easily if there's not something in your ears because <laughs> some of it is, yeah. you know, listening to your, your breath and, and doing body scans and all that kind of stuff while, you, while you're pounding the pavement. Mm. Yeah. Not to oh, 100%. So do you like trail or road running? I'm a road runner. Yeah. You're a road runner. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I've done the low grade trails. Um, oh, I have done one hard trail race, uh, the triple top yeah. mountain run. Done I'll it? never do it again. <laughs> it was horrible. You've done oh, it four times. It was horrible. <laughs> and I yeah, was have you? The first Mom. really old woman to, to finish a couple of years ago. Yeah. Fantastic. That's an awesome achievement. So oh, there wasn't many other people doing it. That <laughs> it's kind of yeah. fun. Oh, oh, it's an awesome achievement. It's such a tough run. I love yeah. that run. It's really, really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, um, yeah, I just don't like trail. I just, you know, when you just sent down the, the face of the mountain, I yeah. cried on the rock of the hill. I'm going, oh, I just like go home today. Controlled yeah. falling, I called it. And I just jumped yeah. from one rock to another and pretended instead of being 50 I was at the time um I felt like I was more like 16 maybe 12 right. <laughs> way I, I'm lucky I didn't break something actually <laughs> I was a bit reckless at that point I don't yeah. know how I probably oh. wouldn't do it today and it was only two years ago so <laughs> no, no. Oh. Well, I've had John Owen and Amy I know they've been previous guests and I've had them on my podcast and they talk about that too and I, I was gone there's nothing about controlled for me. it's horrible it's a, it's a terrible event it's more like I'm such a I don't have the, I don't know, like I don't have the balls. To, to, it's to just it's something about trusting yourself. There is a, there was an element of trust, even though it's not, it's just the rock that you're about to jump on. You have to trust that as well, but you have to trust that if it does move, you're going to move fast enough to get off it before it, you know, jump yeah. to the next rock before you fall. So 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you've just got to you just got to know and that you're landing in the right position and, and be confident in that. Yeah. I think <laughs> maybe Amy and John are part mountain goat too, though, so that helps them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think they were born in the Himalayas or something. I, I think know. so. <laughs> They're very good at that stuff. Um, one of the things that we like to talk about on the podcast is identity, especially like running identity. So. I, it sounds to me like you've probably always thought of yourself as a runner or at least a fit person who's a moving person, person who does lots of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So you've probably already, like your brain, well, you tell me, have you always thought of yourself as a runner, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great question because mm-hmm. I don't know whether I've thought about myself as a runner because that's what other people have thought about myself as a runner. Um, I don't know yeah. whether it's because, and it's funny because I have people that come to me and say, oh, I'm not a runner. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a runner. Everyone's a runner. It doesn't matter how fast, how slow, whatever you do, you're out there, hey? You're still running. Doesn't yeah. doesn't matter. And whether people have labelled me a runner because I do look like a runner. I'm tall and thin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, and maybe I have thought myself as a runner because they've probably told me that. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, I'd probably call myself a runner. Sorry, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it does totally make sense because I, I too, I can remember, I mean, I ran at school and then then I had a few years off during that period with the alcohol and stuff <laughs> and having my first couple of kids and then started running again when I was about 25, 26. But at that point, I can remember thinking, can I call myself a runner yet? You know, because I'd not run for ages and like, am I a runner? Am I, I can run around the block now. Am I a runner yet? So there's this funny conversations that go on in our head. And a lot of it does actually have to do with our perception of how other people perceive us rather than how we perceive us, which is interesting. Um, In saying that, one of the things we often move on to in this identity conversation is how that is affected then when you have an injury. You were saying that you've had a bit of some knee niggles and stuff. Have you ever had injuries that have literally put you out of action for, you know, a couple of months or something? Yeah, yeah. So our, probably my, my most major one was shin splints. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a training load issue and it yeah. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucked. All I wanted to do was run and I couldn't. Yeah. So the next best substitute was pool running. So I yeah. could still run on some aspect, but it wasn't, it wasn't like running. It was, no. it was horrible. <laughs> so then the, the thoughts that are going through our minds, it, it's actually quite difficult to deal with when our identity is so, that's really the point of that. Uh, the identity conversation is when is it so attached to something that can be taken away from us so easily? So mm. we ponder whether maybe our identity should be instead of, as a runner, even though that is actually what we all identify with, um, that we are fit or that we are, you know, people who want to move. And, you know, you did that by jumping into the into the water and doing the, the water running, um, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people who are serious runners and then get knocked off, you know, they can't run for a little while or something happens, um, they usually do adopt some other form of movement in the meantime in order to cope with that loss i suppose of identity um which is really interesting i don't i don't know the answers at all it's just um or even if there is any answers good point that's Mm. a very valid point yeah i think i think oh i mean looking back i think i was afraid that i would lose my fitness because i knew what my fitness did for me and how made me feel yeah maybe the running was just a part of that as Mm. well um, yeah, because I, I don't know, I like being fit. It's nice. It's yeah, good. It's good. Because <laughs> yeah, you know when you're unfit, don't you? It's so, so much harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in saying that, another question I like to ask is how long do you think you'll run for in your life, Brian? Okay. Um, I have had motivational issues. Mm, uh, interesting. Especially in the last four or five years. It's only because I, I think I have been running since I was seven or eight or whatever it is, wow. nine. So what am I now? I, I think that's, I think I'm getting close to 30 years now. Um, wow. So I think that's the only reason. I think I'll always run, but probably yeah. not to the extent that I ran when I was 18, 19, 20, 20s, 30s, early 30s. Um, yeah. I think I will on some level. It'll be something I'll go away, come back to, go away. 
Um, yeah. You know, some people just do it all the time. I don't think I'll be one of those people, but I think I will always run. <laughs> so you'll always have it in your life, but maybe not, you know, every day or even five days a week, but you might yeah. be happy with, say, two days a week, as whatever. That's not, whatever is working no, for you, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's something I'll do just because it is such a habit. This is, I haven't um, actually have interviewed a couple of running coaches, including my own running coaches, and I had to even ask them this question. What do you think the best advice is that you give your running students? Yeah, uh, great question again. Um, number one, consistency. Whatever mm-hmm. you do, uh, this is especially if you want to improve. Uh, yeah, just you got to do it all the time. you got to be present. It doesn't mean you have to do it every day. It just means if you've got a week or whatever has been put down in the plan, I'm I'm doing this from like if I was giving a plan to someone. Yeah. Uh, if it says do it, do it. But just don't do it for a week. Do it for a month, two months, three months, four months. Um, second one, be patient with that plan. So yeah. nothing's going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen straight away. Running is not a... Not given to you on a platter. You've got to work hard for it, but you've also got to be patient. And um, just some dedication behind it. And that's hard too because we're all juggling life. We're juggling family, mm. juggling whatever we're doing. Um, but I think if you have those three things in this sport, you can't go too wrong. Um, no. And, yeah, and just know that age is going to catch up with you, but it doesn't mean that you can't still have goals. You just set the bar differently oh I can't run that time but I can go well in my age group or I can I don't know do that event I've never done before um I don't know I think they're my tips <laughs> that's one of yeah. the things that um it's interesting you say that um you don't know when you are running the fastest you're going to run for those of us oh, who no. have been competitive yeah. it's like oh, yeah, when yeah. I did my fastest marathon I was like <laughs> this is really good. And next time I'll be better. No, that actually, now I look back seven, whenever it was, that was my, you know, yeah. but you don't know oh, at true. that moment that that's the fastest you're going to be. <laughs> no. And it's, but isn't it, it's, I don't want to say the word sad, but it's, it's just, um, it's just life, isn't it? It's a bit like you don't know when yeah. you're going to die. It's kind like, of like, um, maybe you, you've got a, the analogy maybe with failure. I really hate that we hate failure in that, and yeah. I don't know, I feel like it kind of ties together because we should embrace it. And I know we're talking about running your fastest events, whatever, but we should embrace that moment. I've done great now um, and embrace it for what it is. And then in the future, if you don't run that fast again, you still embrace that you're doing as well as you can right now. And it's not really that important if that makes sense whereas when you embrace failure we're embracing it because it teaches us something as you talked about some of the things that you've been through if you hadn't been through those things you wouldn't be the um, brian that you are now you'd be someone else but all of the things that's happened to you have taught you things including the things that weren't great they've all taught you to be who you are and i think there's an element of that as well that because it does feel a bit like a loss that you know in your head when you look back because you at least Particularly, I know, I don't, you, maybe you can train up and get back to those kind of speeds in my head when you're a bit younger, but I know that I won't be able to. And so you kind of got to yeah. come to terms with that and actually even embrace it as being a cool thing that you even had that opportunity or whatever. I don't yeah. know. It's just interesting. No, no, I think, and that's, that's probably where I'm at at the moment is a realisation that I'll never run as quick as I have over 5 or 10K maybe. I think the only thing, the only event maybe I could do that I think we've got unfinished business is over 42K. Yeah. Um, but I think, but it's that realisation. It's hard, isn't it, to come to that realisation that that was me, done that. Yeah. May never go there again. But yeah. like you said, I think you've got to be grateful for, you know, the things you've been able to do or, the, you know, it's not about time. Like time's, it's great. No. But be able to say that, oh, yeah, we did that event. It went all right. That was pretty cool. But the experience I got out of it was even better. Um, yeah, and I, and I had struggled with that, but I am coming slowly to terms of it that, well, maybe I can use a little bit of this, I don't know, experience and pass it on to someone else. Um, but it's like, you know, when you first start running and think you know it all and uh, someone will say, don't do that. And you do it and then you get injured and you go, I wish I had listened. Oh. But it's the same thing, isn't it? 
you, you learn all that that stuff along the way and then you pass it on to someone else but they've got to make the same mistake that's right and they're not going to listen because they need to have the mistake themselves <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah it's a but that's human nature isn't it you know it is. it's only but sometimes i guess having a coach does help that as well sometimes but sometimes i got to make yeah. that mistake i think i'm um, having a coach because I've had, had coaches and not had coaches, so like through my running. Um, and I think having a coach is just someone else in your corner. There's something about that yeah. I really like. Um, so even if I don't always do what the coach says, I certainly try to. I'm a bit of a box ticker. <laughs> a lot of us like that external validation that we've done something. And it's, if somebody said it for us, we're not letting them down. And then you can yeah. also talk to them when you do have questions or, and something feels not quite right. Um, so that's that having the, someone else in your corner because um, it is a bit of a, it can be, although these days it doesn't feel so much, but it can be quite a lonely sport in that it's a solo endeavour as a rule, unless you're in a relay or something. <laughs> it's, <laughs> tends yeah. to no, it is. It's, it's hard. There's nothing easy about running. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah it's, 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 it is a solitude sport. You can make it solo, yeah. but like you said, I think, when you're racing or running, not you don't have to race, but when you're yeah. running, it's that uh, you're against, we'll say time, but um, yeah, it's you and against the payment. And it is, it's a difficult sport. And I think having a coach and have all that, you know, what do you say? Do you feel, I don't know, you feel like, oh, gee, I need a bit of motivation today. I need to talk to someone or not feeling quite right or something, even about injuries or anything. It's, yeah, it does have someone have you in your corner. And, you know, it can be one little little thing that you do wrong, or and if you speak to a coach before that can happen, you can you could save an injury, yeah. or save anything from from happening. Hopefully, save have save having to get in the pool and do water running with a water running oh, belt. Yeah. <laughs> Not nice. <laughs> Not so much fun. Uh, I don't like that either. Um, I only did it once. Um, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> if oh. What's one thing do you think in your your life is better for because of running? So how's do you think run, running has improved your life? Without it in your life, you know, this thing wouldn't be yeah. great. How's um, it improved your life? Yeah, I think the relationships. I mean, I look look at my life now. Um, I met my girlfriend through running. So cool. that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, well, it's my work too. I mean, I'm grateful without yeah. running. I mean, I'm I'm lucky that I can get monetary benefits out of it mm-hmm. as well. Um, I mean, for me, I've got a few fun runs that I'm running as well, and mm-hmm. and that's been really good. Like to be able to do that and actually pay back to the community and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, just the relationships, just my friends out of it. Um, friends for life, and I don't know. I yeah, it's awesome. I just. Why I look do you th- back and most of my friends are runners. <laughs> Why do you think the relationships uh, are good, so good with running? Or you found that? I th- what, what do you think that's about? I think about? because we are on the pavement a hell of a lot mm-hmm. and you do talk mm-hmm. a hell of a lot. Like when you're running, every, all sorts of stuff comes up, as you know. I do. You know, talk, <laughs> talk about your bowels and your work. and <laughs> Yeah, like even tiny and- little things that seem to mean nothing. <laughs> And maybe would not normally come up in like a coffee conversation because <laughs> it come up no, when you've no. been running for 12 kilometres or something. Absolutely. And as you know, when you train for a marrow, like you're out in the pavement for, you know, it could be three, four hours for a long mm-hmm. run or whatever. So you're, you've got plenty of time to, to talk, haven't you? And, and support and even it, someone even doesn't have to say anything when you're on a long run, just mm-hmm. to know that they're there. Sometimes yeah. that's just good as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the relationships are formed just based on that because you're probably seeing them more than your own family sometimes. Yeah, especially if you're doing that those uh, selfish training for the very long distance yeah. type of stuff. I know yeah. initially when I had five children at home and was doing lots of marathon training, I did always send very big thank you messages to them at the end of my, you know, when I crossed the line in the marathons. And it was because, you know, that they've sacrificed time with you in, for you to put Absolutely. enough kilometers in mm. and that's amazing to be able to do that too good on you that's that's not easy juggling that and that <laughs> yeah lots ah, of but, lots of um support so. yeah yeah it is it's just not um you know it's just not you that makes it happen you do you have to have a small exactly. team and that doesn't matter 
if you go to the Olympics or you're just doing it just to complete something, like it's everyone chips in yeah. to, to help you make that happen. And that in itself, when you look at all the people that cross a line in some big endeavour like that, you think, wow, every single person who's crossed the line here pretty much has um, has had a, a team of some sort behind them, even if it's just family support, things like that. Yeah, so, which is absolutely. Cool. Looking after the kids when you go for a run or, mm. or you know, someone, yeah, anything. It could be anything like that or, you know, someone helping you with something or giving you something or training with you or giving up their work job because you need to get a, a long run in or something like that. You know, Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. totally true. Um, so I know I asked you the coach question, but if somebody was a complete beginner, what yeah. kind of tip would you have for them? Like if they hadn't ever run before, apart from maybe in school? <laughs> I think I, I would say don't take the watch off. That would be the first yeah. thing I'd say. Yeah. Don't look at your watch. Don't be afraid. To walk or run, there's no shame in running, walking. You're still running. You're still doing it. You're still getting out there, getting it done. So my uncle has actually just been under this program. I've been started a coaching him, and I'm sure he won't mind because he's. I think he's pretty proud of what he's achieved. That's awesome. So he's like 12 kilograms. He's been training with me, maybe 10 or 11. He's been training with me for like 15 weeks now. Um, and he had diabetes or he's still got it, but all his yeah. levels has gone down. And his doctor said to him the other day, if he continues the way he's going, um, he won't have to take injections any longer for that. Um, and he's the same thing. Um, but going back to your question, he just didn't give up. Like mm. he, you know, he'd be down on himself or whatever, but I'd say same thing, be consistent, mm-hmm. get out there, not every day and don't, don't look at the elites or don't look at what everyone else is doing. Concentrate on what you know you need to do yeah. or what it says on your program. And if that's too hard, just don't be hard on yourself. Just, yeah. just do it because you're doing it for the right re- reasons to do it, not doing it for anyone else. You're doing it because you've decided to be, you want to be a runner. And this is what I want to get out of it. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'd probably say to them. I love that. That's awesome. Wow, no. it must be awesome to see your <laughs> uncle, um, you know, making those steps and, and getting such amazing yeah, results and, and uh, feeling good. He's a different person. Um, he's just got so much, oh, I don't know, he's got, you can tell he's proud. He's proud of what he's achieved and um, it's just really good. And for him, it's that, like he's got, um, you know, he's got a few people at home. He's He's got his kids living with him or whatever and, and, and they've got their kids there at the moment. And so for him, it's a time to get out of the house. And yeah. <laughs> that hour, he can do what he wants to do for three times a week. But he's got the bug. He's looking at videos and YouTube. And, you know, he's messaging me every day. It's great. And it's like we've been able to have that relationship again and, and build yeah. on that. And I feel like I've got to know my uncle again, which is awesome. Oh, that is um, amazing. What a gift. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just awesome. And he's going in my fun run next weekend. And it'd be good. And yeah, yeah, it'd be great. So, so what fun run, this will probably come this well, this will be published after your fun run, but what fun run is it? This, what fun runs do you Um, run and which one's coming up? Yeah. Um, so I got the, uh, this one coming up on Saturday, 21st of August It's called the Hudson 365 light night glow run. (laughs) Um, so runners and walkers wear glow sticks and all those sorts of things. And it's nighttime. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's night time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hopefully it will be this awesome spectacle in uh, the Devonport foreshore. And oh, yeah, I'm hoping, um, yeah, that it just lights up the night sky. Um, and then just the Everyday Lions Great Train Race is my other fun run, which is held in April. Um, yeah. Both are only in their first year. Um, but once again, it's given me something to focus on, put all my energy into that thing, uh, pay back to the community and yeah, just have fun doing it. So it's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love those runs. I um, we'll make sure that we'll put those out there a bit as well because I think um, thank you definitely <laughs> worth worth supporting. Even though um, the night one won't happen by the time this episode okay. goes out. That's all right. right. Um, there'll still yeah. be one coming in April. Everyone in Tassie. Yes. Um, yeah. And if COVID <laughs> slows down a bit and we let more people in, you can come from anywhere. Yeah. 
<laughs> worrying, isn't it? It's just, just don't know how the world's going to go from day to day. We don't. It's all a bit anxious for some people too. They need to go for a run to make sure that they can keep their anxiety down. I do, yeah. yeah. Down. <laughs> so <laughs> you, I've already chewed up so much of your time, Brian. Before we go, is there something about running and mental health or just running whatever that you think we haven't covered in our time together? Oh, I just, yeah, I just, I don't know, I just think if you're listening to this podcast and you're sitting on the fence, whether you should go for a run or not, or, you know, you're not running as much as you should, I don't know, I just think you should look at runners. I mean, in general, just look at this park run movement and just even go along to park run and have a walk. And I mean, mm. this is probably not mental health related, but just go to your local park run and find out and you'll find out so many mental health stories and what it's done for their life um that's about it i think yeah park runs know, had I big think. plugs on this podcast I'll, I'll start at lac pct any of those yeah you know launceston athletic Club. um they've all got facebook pages and it's just a, an awesome community and i don't reckon you'll regret it yeah there's lots of that's one thing that a lot of people have been saying and they found that the running community either whether it's a park run or that at PCCCT, I think I might have put one extra C in there, um, or the Launceston <laughs> Running Club or the clubs in Hobart or the, the Launceston Running Buddies. There's so many of them in Tasmania. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite a big thing. But whenever you find a group of runners, they're usually very welcoming, even if you just uh, going, are just starting. Like they really want to help you to get there it's not like a competition it's more um the more people that we can help introduce to running the better we feel and i, I know that's not just me and it's not just you brian but yeah. i find that everywhere in our running communities that we're both part of that that's very much a part of it we're very welcoming and wanting people to come in and get started and help as much as we can couldn't, couldn't agree more yeah and i would say that remembering when i first joined how many people would help me or wanted to help me mm. um yeah, it doesn't matter what standard you're at. It doesn't matter. If you, you know, don't be afraid to ask for it. They'll probably even give it to you because they love, they just love helping people, most <laughs> of them. Like it's, yeah, and just find your niche. I mean, we're lucky just in Devonport. There's somewhere, there's a group you can run with every single day of the week here. That's awesome. Um, I didn't know that. It's a thing, which is, which is amazing, which is, you know, which is, says a lot for the sport and says how much it's grown, especially this last 10 years. It so does, yeah. Um, and as you yeah. said um, before, probably thank you to Parkrun. A lot of the, you know, I don't, is it how I long have they so. been around now? They might not be quite, are they 10 years? Um, I don't think they're quite I think Launceston is more than you. Yeah, I think you guys are seven or eight years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Even longer, <laughs> I don't matter. know. Yeah. We're in 2012 or 2011. Yeah. So it might be 10, might have just been 10 years. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So. If, no, um, if you're listening okay. to this, there's probably a park run not too far from you. <laughs> <Because Yeah. laughs> That's it. <laughs> everywhere. All right. I'll say um, a big thank you again. Just stay on because I'll, I'll um, have a quick chat with you after the recording as well. But massive thank you for sharing all that wisdom and being so vulnerable with us as well, Brian. I think it's really inspiring. And what you're doing as well um, over there in Devonport, with your end um, up the coast and in Hobart, we need a coach for you to, in Hobart. Um, <laughs> all that stuff that you're doing, it's um, it's awesome, and I applaud you. So, so well done. Thanks for having me on, and um, good luck with the podcast. And Thank you. Yeah, oh, awesome. You said Thanks. you have a podcast. What's your podcast called? Yeah, uh, Everyday Lines podcast. Uh, so similar to yeah, just like to interview runners. It doesn't have a mental health topic or in that. Probably yeah. probably more running, but if we get off topic, even better. I reckon you get to find out a bit more about people, don't you? <laughs> so we can find that in every good, not bookstore, but podcast app. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been a bit slack lately. Um, the last one was probably about May or something. But, yeah, just have a Google, you know. I suppose if you get on Google, you'll find it. the Everyday Lines podcast. is about, I don't know, 50 episodes there or something. That's so, awesome. Um, and yeah. you have a website as well? Yeah, Everyday so Lines. head over to W. Yeah, if you www.everydaylines.org, um, you'll see everything that I do. <laughs> and it's L-Y-O-N-S as opposed to? Um, L-I, like the lion. It's, it like is like lion. a lion instead of, there you go. Yeah. I'm glad that I clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'll put Thank a link in the show notes for you as well. 
Thank you so much. <laughs> it is a pleasure. Thank you again. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.